All right, here we go. Season three, episode two. Welcome to the show. Got to set the input on the microphone. Oh, how silly of me was that. So anyway, here's the deal. This is episode or season three, episode two. The first two seasons are on Anchor. Uh, they're a little well, they're all rough. What can I say? I'm a truck driver, not a broadcaster, but I'm having fun with this. And I decided not to sleep them over there since those are the Anchor stuff was never intended to be a podcast. It was more social media that got saved at the end of the day and got turned into podcast. Even though there's a few highlights over there, you'd have to go digging through it. And quite honestly, most of it I don't think people would like. But who knows? Maybe you'll find something you like. But anyway, here's the deal. Today, I got Southpaw on the line. It's kind of funny having to say all this again, I, even when I said it so perfect the first time. But anyway, I got Southpaw on the line. And we did an interview and we talked about driving a little bit and expectations and how things are different from years ago. Man started driving in 1986, been driving for 38 years. And if you were a new driver, this would be the kind of guy, this is exactly the kind of guy that you would want to drive with because he's, you know, he's got a lot of skill and he likes to share his skill and he likes to... You know, he should be a trainer is what he should be. He'd be perfect at it. I know I learned a lot from him, and I and I was an experienced driver when I drove with him. And I know he's a good driver because I did drive with him. You know, he's so good that you could be in an ice storm. You could be in a snowstorm. doesn't matter. You go back to the bunk as a sleeper team, you can go to sleep, no problem. I had that much confidence in him as a driver. I never doubted his driving ability. And he's probably one of the smarter drivers I know. And very committed to his family, which is very important. If you ever decide to drive and you get hooked on a sleeper team, you want to make sure that your co-driver cares about his family. I know that sounds strange, but there are some people that don't. And if they don't care about their family, they're certainly not going to care about you. So what you want to do so you want to make sure that, you know, they have some empathy for people because you're going to be in a small space for a long period of time. And if you get a bad person, that small space gets really small. But if you get a good person, that space isn't really that bad. So I'm going to go into the interview with the Southpaw. We'll go from there and I'll see you
Alright, here we go. Tonight in the house we got Southpaw, doubles, triples driver, former co-driver of mine, so I know he's a good driver. He's certainly taught me better ways to chain up the truck. Unfortunately, we've had to do that more times than I'd like to admit. So, Southpaw, welcome to the Kingfish Show. Glad to be here, Kingfish. How are you? Oh, quite well. I'm glad to hear you here. I got a few questions for you. Now, you're in a driver. How many years experience you got? Uh, let's see. I started in 86. So long time. <laughs> long time. Definitely a long time. I've been driving a lot longer than I'd like to admit myself. But things have changed since we started driving. Oh, God, yes. You know, you got about when I, when I started, there was no cell phone, no GPS. GPS was a secret military thing, you know. Well, you know, that's the, the funny thing about it is when I see the new drivers... Their expectations on what the job is is quite different than than our own, you know. Such as, you know, what do you think the biggest difference between a new driver today and a you know driver that started off twenty years ago? Uh, uh, probably finding where you're going to go, you know, locations. You really had to study a map. <clears throat> I think you know new drivers should do that now. You studying that map so you'll know what you got to deal with and, you know if there's something comes up you'll know there's another road you can take but you know they, they depend on GPS for that now but you can't always rely on GPS I have to agree with you I, I look at the GPS as another tool in the toolbox a hammer is a great tool but it's not going to do every job you're going to need a screwdriver or a wrench once in a while you know, on the fly, when you can't look at a map because you're in the middle of something, it's fantastic. But it only tells me what's immediately around me if I can't pull over. Whereas a map shows me the whole world. True. Uh, you know, uh, Google Maps, which I love Google Maps, it, it'll do the same thing, but it's so small. I, I just I just like a road atlas. You know, you, you get the big picture. You know, yeah. Well, I know like when you when you get a you start a trip, they going they Los Angeles, to Atlanta. Well, the first thing you do is you, you open up the page of the whole United States and you figure out the big roads you're going to take. Well, I know and another th well, another tool. I, well, another tool I know you've used is you personally like to go to the gym. On a regular basis. And yeah. I know you, you use the day passes at gyms across the country. And I've seen you do this. You pull up the satellite imaging. And you'll actually look at the satellite imaging and the roads going into a place to make sure that there's parking available. Because you're oh, driving yeah. a set of doubles or a set of triples and you have no parking. Now that is not an end-all as far as finding places. But I think that's ingenious because, especially with a set of doubles... Or triples, you don't want to get trapped anywhere. And, I, you know, planning ahead and thinking ahead. But I think that falls into the category of it's one tool, but it's not one tool that does everything. Oh, yeah. And uh, another thing I like about that is, uh, you know, <clears throat> the, the gym you're looking for, it'll be on that picture, the name, and you can touch on it. You can call them. You know, just from Google Maps. 
love that. Oh, I love but it. I also, I also like the, the road atlas. I just I used to just study it all the time, but I don't like it anymore. I know where I'm at. Well, after th- after 32 years of driving, you know, you don't know everything, but you know at least what you don't know. Yeah. And, and you know, in the, the job I have now, I, I pretty much go to the same place all the time. What's your current route? What's your current bid right now? A bid, by the way, is a for us. A bid is a, a set destination from here to there and back, and then again. What's your current bid at this time? Well, I I start out at Chicago and I go to Phoenix, and I go back to Chicago. Excuse me, and I turn right around and go to Salt Lake, and then. Come back to Chicago, and then I'm off for two and a half days, and then after that I go to Tracy, California, which is down Sacramento. Turn around, come back, then I'm off for almost three days. Oh, that's not so then, bad. Then, then I start over <clears throat> two weeks. Yeah. Well, the nice thing I like about that is, you know, back in the day when. We used to have to do truckload. You're constantly looking for places. You know, the, the places would be hidden, might be behind a building. You know, oh, at least yeah. you, you know, you, you're going to the same terminal, so you know exactly where you're going. You don't know everything along the way, but you know enough to where if there's a road closure or there's a breakdown, at least you have a basis to start off from in, in yeah. what you got to do to when plan. I, when I started out at my truckload, I was lucky if I went to the same place twice. You know, I was always, it was always an adventure. Oh, I can't tell you how many times I had to park in the middle of the road, set the four ways, and go for a walk just to make sure I could get down the road that they wanted me to go down because it just didn't look right. Yeah. Well, at least you, uh, you knew to do that. Oh, there's no you know, better way to do it. Uh, I've seen people that, you know, went down that road they shouldn't have and they're trying to back out or trying to turn around and it's not working for them. Oh, yeah. Well, the first indicator is you look down that road and you see a bunch of trees and the first thing you think of is I'm going to be trimming some trees if I keep going down this way. So maybe I better stop because it don't look like nobody's been this way for a while in a big truck. Now, if you look down there and you see the trees are, are all cut out in a square, it means other trucks have went down through there. <laughs> hmm. I hate to be the first one after a long while. Especially those uh, overweight tickets and restriction tickets are quite expensive, and it's impossible oh, to remember all those places. And low underpasses, you really got to watch out for them. Oh, I found that one out the hard way one day. But let's uh, let me ask you a quick question here. Um, so you started in 1986. We're talking back in the day when... All you had was CB radio. You didn't have GPS. You didn't have text messaging. You didn't have the computers the way you got them now. You know, and all you had was the CB. And CB wasn't that bad back in the day, but today it's horrible. You know, what, what do you what do you use to stay in touch at home now? Cell phone. Just yeah. cell phone, or you text a lot, or? Well, you know, text, text, Facebook. Uh, well, you know, there's a, we have groups, Snapchat, my kids and I are on a, 
We have a group on Snapchat where we all go to the gym and we'll all encourage each other. Oh, that's a great idea. I like that one. Yeah. And, uh, there's groups on Facebook I'm a member of. Facebook, I like Facebook a lot. I think of it as a answering machine. Yeah. I, yeah. I stay in touch with my family a lot better. Is that good or the, um, oh, I was going to say extended family. Is that good or bad or <laughs> uh, uh, good and bad? <laughs> what I say. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I, uh, you know, Facebook has reminded me why some members of my family I don't talk to that often. Well, I, I love Joseph as much as anybody. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's quite amazing that. Uh, you know, when we left high school back in the day, you would lose touch with people because you just moved on. And now nobody ever loses touch with anybody because they're constantly connected. In some ways, I guess that's good. But in some ways, I think it's bad. The The long days of being over the road and not talking to anybody for 10, 12 hours at a time or more are pretty much over. Oh, yeah. I, there was, you know, ego days and you wouldn't see anybody that you knew. Oh, sure. And if you wanted to talk to somebody at the house, you had to hope that somebody was home or you had to have a prearranged time to to call them. And if you missed the time, you couldn't hang around and wait for them to come back because you had to get down the road. That's right. Well, the the company I started out with, they had a thing. You called in every night just check in. And, and if somebody needed to get a hold of you, they would call them, the dispatch, whatever, the night dispatch and leave a message for me to call them and then they would forward the message to me when I called in. Oh, that's not too bad. The only problem is, is, well, you know, now if there's a family emergency, you know right away. You may not be able to get home, but at least you can make plans to get home. Whereas back in the day, you might, you know, might be the end of the day before you find out something happened. And it was not always easy to find a phone when I started. Oh, the, well, the, truck, the, truck, the truck stop that they had a room a lot of times more than one just dedicated nothing but phone. And then uh, then they started putting phones at tables because everybody used 800 numbers. I had a I had a personal 800 number I'd call at home. That I had made to it a little Oh, I had it made a lot of you know, I had that too or I'd use the uh, the, the prepaid calling cards. But, you know, the thing is, uh, it's funny you mentioned that. When you go into these truck stops, the older truck stops, you see these rooms and you look and you go, oh, that room's kind of kind of in a strange place. Why is it surrounded like that? It's because there used to be 20 or 30 phones in there and there'd always be, you'd always have to wait to use it. Yep, sure did. Then they started putting the tables in the restaurant. And then they... Stop doing that. They had a cordless phone. But when you need a phone, you just tell the waitress she'd bring you one. Yeah, I remember those or, days. Yeah. You know, it's kind of funny how things have changed. You know, I don't... In fact, I think when they got rid of the phones at the tables in the restaurants, that's about the same time I stopped eating at the restaurants. The only reason I did it was because I could do two things at the same time. Yeah, I hardly ever go in the 
And you can tell because a lot of them are leaving the truck stop. They don't have the big, big restaurants like they used to. Uh, even though some of them do, they don't sell 24 hours. Most oh, of them yeah. are just fast food anymore. Yeah, like uh, um, the TA in uh, Indy, uh, Ohio. It used to be 24 hours a day, the restaurant there. Now it's, you know, you go there at night and it's closed. That was unheard of a few years ago. Oh, yeah. You know, or uh, or Wiggins, the truck stop in Wiggins there in Colorado. They're not open 24 hours, the whole truck stop. I don't think it ever was that I remember. Well, I went in there one night. I was uh, running with Vandisher, and I went in there to use the restroom. And uh, as I was brushing my teeth, you know, or I, you know, the lights went off. And I was like, oh, that's a little weird. wonder what's going on. <laughs> oh, I thought, man, oh, no, it gets worse. I thought, I sat there and I thought, oh, geez, you know, that must be a sensor or something. Well, let me, first off, I wasn't brushing my teeth. I, I, I just did that. I was, you know, doing something else. And I was waving my arms around thinking, you know, I get the light to turn back on because sometimes there's a sensor in there. No, the light didn't turn on. So I grabbed my phone and I used the flashlight on my phone thinking the power went off in the building after I'd finished my business. And then I opened the hallway and I'm like, oh, hello, hello. And I yelled out. Nobody answered. So I got to the front door and lo and behold, the door was locked and there was a chain around the door, but on the outside. So there was no way I could get out. And I was like, oh my God, what the hell am I going to do? I was just switching out. It was my turn to drive. So what I did, the girl pulled up to the to the pump, and she started writing something down on the pump. So I smacked on the window, trying to get her attention. And then when she finally heard me, she damn near jumped out of her skin. And she came over to the door, and she's like, uh, what are you doing? And I said, uh, trying to get out of here. And she goes, oh, my God. You know, and she was kind of freaked out about it. And she was a young girl. So I told her, I said, look, I understand that you're you know, a young girl, it's, you know, 3.30 in the morning or whatever, we're at a truck stop. I said, if you need to call somebody, you know, for backup to let me out of here, that's fine. I, I, I understand. Believe me, I understand. But could you do it right away? Because I kind of need to get going. And if you do, you know, I'm going to have a bag of chips and some soda, and, and I'm not going to pay for it. Because if I got to wait, I'm going to do it. And she goes, what? And she, And then I think she realized that I actually was... You know, and I had walked right by. There was like four or five girls talking when I walked in, and they were all talking to each other. And so when I walked by, they didn't even notice me. So she goes, "Where did you come from?" I said, "I was. I just came out of the bathroom. I walked right by you. You said hello, or at least one of them said hello. I don't remember which one it was. And I think it just kind of freaked her out. So a couple of years later, I went in there and I said, "Hey, do I get a discount? You guys locked me in here one night." And they're like, "Oh my God, you're that guy." And they, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that was me. And so I guess it doesn't happen very often, but yeah, that happened at Wiggins. I was really concerned. I didn't know what to do. And I didn't want to go out the back door with the fire exit because I didn't want to set the alarm off. Yeah. Well, if you had a sooner, you may have had to do that. You know, worse come to worse, but still, you know, I could see it now. I, I go running out the back door and I get shot. You know, even though I don't have anything in my hands because somebody thinks I tried to steal something at the truck stop. And there's nothing in, let me tell you people, in Wiggins, there's literally nothing there. 
It's just this truck stop, uh, a rail uh, loading area. I don't know what they do there. It looks like they're always loading something. And then the rest area. Those are the only three things that are there that I know of. Well, I guess you could have called the sheriff. Either got somebody come to let you out or whatever. I thought about that, but I, you know, luckily it didn't come to that because I didn't want to walk behind the register. You know, that oh, you was didn't. like... Well, you, had your, you had your cell phone. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't have... Oh, 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 yeah, I guess I did have my phone. What was I thinking? I did have my phone, but I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't. I guess I could have called 911 or something. It seemed like that would be a silly thing to call in about, but what are you going to do? Or you could have just set the alarm off at the back door and just watched the fun. Oh, and when I got out to the truck, because this took all, you know, this took a little while for, you know, for all this to happen. You know, Vandisher was like, where are you been? And I'm like, uh, I was locked inside the truck stop. And he goes, oh, yeah, sure you were. You were out there walking around. And I go, no, I was really locked in there. And he couldn't stop laughing. Well, you sound just like it, too. Oh, well, hey there, Tim. How's it going? Do you want to be my dad? Uh, take a shower. Oh, God. That's how he talked. You know, Vanisher, he's probably one of the smartest guys that I, you know, he's a really smart guy, but he's loony as a tune. But anyway, enough of that. He, um, you know, I, I, he just thought it was hilarious. And, you know, as I was stuck in there, I just kept thinking, you know, this is just so ridiculous. You know, and he and he was probably half asleep when I got back out to the truck because you don't, you know, you you're, you don't worry about the other guy because all you're worried about is getting to sleep, doing what you got to do. Yep. You know, if the other guy goes for a walk or does whatever, who cares as long as he's doing the best he can do. Yes, it is. All right. Now here's another question for you. What do you? When you first got into the job, what were your expectations of it, and what what is the difference between then and now? Hmm. I, I don't know if I had great expectations. I mean, this is a you know, steady job. I I've done construction work for that, run equipment, and you know, the weather. Uh, I don't know. It was, it was a JLB. What was that well, I know your dad was a driver, so I mean, you had to have at least some idea of what you were getting into. Yeah, I, I went on a few trips with him when I was a kid. Mainly, all I did was sleep. <laughs> I went with my uncle. For some reason, back in the day when I was a kid, as soon as I get in the truck, for some reason, it always put me to sleep. I don't know why. Oh yeah, yeah. Now but, uh, he also he also trained me after I went to truck driving school. But hell, I went to truck driving school three months. They don't do that anymore. They don't do that now. No. No. <laughs> no I, they uh, they train. They don't train me for three months. Well, I think the problem is, is you know, there's a. 
there's a shortage of, I don't think there's a shortage of drivers. I think there's a shortage of people wanting to work under the conditions that the trucking companies are imposing these days. And it is true. Nobody wants to, you know, nobody wants to do this type of work where they're away from the house anymore. They don't want to do computer work. Nobody wants to do manual type work. So they're probably, eventually there will be a true driver shortage. So they're just pumping them out. But the truth is, is that, you know, when your dad was training you, he wasn't trying to pump it out. He was trying to make sure you, you know, you lived long enough to give him grandchildren. Yeah. Uh, I forget what I was going to say now. Uh, hmm. Well, there's another oh, thing. Oh, yeah. I, I, I was going to say, they, they wouldn't even, they wouldn't even hire me. If I hadn't been 25 years old, I turned 25 while I was in school. What is it? Uh, I think it's like 23 now, isn't it? I'm 21. Oh, my goodness. I heard they were trying to lower the age to 18, which I'm not overly fond of. Yeah, I remember me when I was 18. Well, see, that's that's the key. People say, oh... You know, 18-year-olds are mature enough to do it or whatever. And I keep thinking to myself, uh, no, I don't think I was. Not really. You know, this isn't... And also, this is... Uh, you know, at 18, 19, you're still maturing. I just don't think this is a good job for an 18 or 19-year-old. And also, I don't think it's a good job for anybody that is unsure of their relationship or worried about... Uh, you know, those kind of issues, because oh, yeah. if, you, if you're in a relationship, you better, you better believe in your partner and you better trust in your partner. Otherwise, um, the wife or husband or whoever, you, you will not last. You will drive yourself crazy worrying about those type of things. And no matter how much you call home, it's not going to stop something like that if that's what's going on. Well, you know, I, I've told young people that were worried about that, you know, cheating on me. You know, it wouldn't matter if you were there every day. If they wanted to do it, they would. Well, I'm sure they found that comforting, Southpaw. <laughs> well, uh, maybe, but that, you know, that's reality. No, you're absolutely right, though. But the thing is, is that when you drive a truck, it's 99% boredom or nothing's really going on, and 1% oh yeah. shit. And it's the oh shit that, when that oh shit happens, it's going to save somebody's life. You know, you have to react on a dime. You need to be prepared to, to be on top of your game at all times. And the problem is, is that if you let your mind wander about things that are bothering you, or an issue that, you know, you have a loved one at home that's sick, or you have those kind of marital issues, if you worry about those things, you will not last out here because you will make yourself sick. Yeah. You know, and I think it's something, so you need to, you need to not think about such things. You need to put your head in the right place or you need to ignore them because you just, you have to have two lives. I think of it as you have to have two lives. Your truck driving life, which is what you're doing and could get people killed if you don't pay attention to what you're doing. And then the life at home. And when you're at home, you don't think about the truck driving life because it's too time consuming already. 
and eats up most of your time. And then when you're on the road, you think about home, but you don't dwell on anything bad because it'll just make you sick. What I usually think about is all the things I need to do when I get home. <laughs> I do that too. And, that, and then I don't get half of them done. Right. You know, because, and, and this is another issue. As an over-the-road driver, you're going to be gone a week at a time. So if you're working on something, let's say you're redoing the bathroom floor, you know, and people don't understand this, you can't sit there and just leave your stuff out and then come back to it the next day after you get off work. You literally got to do what you got to do, and then you got to put everything away, and then the next week you got to pull everything out. So you waste a lot of time putting things away and pulling things out. That's funny. Uh, back in July, I took a two-week vacation and remodeled the bathroom. You know, I think I think you might have told me about it. Maybe that's why I was thinking about the bathroom. My, uh, now my that you mention it, they took vacation too and came help me. See, there's nothing. See, that's fantastic. You know, and here's an here's a per, okay. The, the, you brought up another issue, and, and I'm really glad you mentioned that. Tim has three daughters. Southpaw has three daughters. Now, even though he's gone for a week at a time, he still has a strong relationship with his daughters because he goes out of his way to do that. Goes to all the events he can, spends times talking to him, does all that kind of stuff. So you can still have that good, strong relationship with family. It's just that. You just have to work at it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you uh, got to be your priority. You know, when you get home sometimes, you can't do what you want to do. You got to do what they want to do because if you want to be involved in their lives. And that's it's just the way it is. And because he's done this, and I know his daughters, I've met two of them at least. Yeah, they're beautiful young women. One's an artist that's just phenomenal. And the other one, someday we'll take over the world with uh, with uh, science. I'm pretty sure about that. She said I can have Australia when she takes over the world. Well, that was very nice of her, huh? Hey, what can I say? Emperor of Australia? I'll take it. Except Melbourne. I don't really care for Melbourne, but other than that, it's all right. I've never been there. I just I just say that because I'm teasing a friend of mine that lives there. So another thing that you do that I'm hoping you'll add to this later on, but under the current hours of service rules, and you did this before, but under the current hours of service rules, you got to stop for 30 minutes before you get to eight hours of on-duty status. So I know that you use that 30 minutes to work out or go for a walk or exercise. You know, so... When a driver says that he's gaining weight or he can't he can't exercise or there's enough time or whatever, it's pretty it's it's not that you can't do it. It's just that you have to work to make it happen. Sure, and uh, thirty minutes is generally not enough time. You know, usually usually at least an hour when I like you know if I go hiking or go to the gym or whatever. Well, isn't that the nice thing? I mean, you know, you get to see a different walking trail every day. Yeah, you know, there's there's some places I can get hiking trails, and I really like hiking. But you know, then there's sometimes I just walk on sidewalks. 
walk, do something. I see. I like that. I like that because I think it just proves the point that it's not that the truck stops you from doing these things. It's just that the truck makes it easy to make excuses to not do these things. Sure, yeah. I know. There's this thing I found on YouTube called a four-minute workout. Uh, I'll do that while I'm getting fuel. Oh, yeah. You don't don't have to get on the ground, right? Yeah, you figure... For people that don't know, when when you're fueling the truck, you're going to be averaging probably about 150 to 180 gallons you're putting in a day for a sleeper team, and depending upon the pumps, you're gonna it's going to take you I don't know 10 15 minutes. So you wash yeah. the windows, you know, which takes four or five minutes. You take a walk around, check your tires, check your lights real quick, and then you still got a few minutes to kill. So why not? Also, another thing, I know you like to do this, too. I like to park at the Far Fuel Island and walk in. Yeah. Well, generally, I take the one that's open. Well, that that being said, that, that that's the plus. But uh, these days, with the half-hour break, I'm noticing that more people are parking on the fuel island than take their half-hour break. Sure. And it's made fueling... Between that and the uh, diesel exhaust fluid you have to put in now, it's it's made slowing today is slower than it's ever been, at least from that I, it seems to me. I remember when we first started using that DEF, and I had a truck that was using it. I was telling you about it. You were like, "You're kidding! You're you're pulling my leg." I thought you were. Exhaust fluid, yeah. Right next to the blinker fluid. Uh. I, I seriously thought, because, you know, we joke around. I've known you for years. You know, you're like family to me because we've run together for years. You know, me and Southpaw ran together for years. And I just thought you were pulling my leg. You know, when you said diesel exhaust fluid, I was like, yeah, whatever. Because nothing, you know, when it first came out, I'd never heard of it. It wasn't something I couldn't wrap my head around the fact that you would need a fluid for the exhaust. It just it just made no sense to me. And I thought you were just messing with me. And then to find out that it was true, it was a real thing. I was like, no way. Yeah. That's what you said. You go, no. Yeah. I thought I, I just, that. yeah, I just kept thinking, there's no way I'm going to fall for this. You know, I'm just not going to fall for it. You know, cause every once in a while, you know, I've no, you know, we pull jokes on each other once in a while and it just, you know, but I thought that was one of them. I think the best joke I ever pulled on you was when the, they had the horn in the back of the sleeper and the button, and I've never seen that before. So as you were going down a road, I kept hitting the horn button, and then yeah. you're, up, you're up there slamming on the wheel thinking it was stuck, and I came out of the bunk with a straight face, and I, I'll never forget. I said, God damn it, we quit hitting the horn. And you said, it's not me. And I said, okay. And then I closed the curtain and started hitting it again. And I said, well, how come every time I go back in a bunk, it keeps going off? What the hell are you doing? <laughs> you got to admit, yeah. that was that was, that was was probably the funnest one I've ever done on you. That was a good one. I'm glad they got rid of those. You know, I've only seen those a few times. And I... I I, I see the, you know, the idea behind it is, you know, you're trapped in a sleeper or something, you need help. 
But the truth is, is people are just going to get pissed off and they're not going to do anything anyway. Yeah. Uh, for me, my pet peeve is, and you've seen me go off on this one, when you're at a fuel island and someone, you know, hits the air horn and blasts oh, underneath yeah. that canopy, you know, uh, it, when I'm driving, the most important thing for me is that you, as my co-driver, get enough sleep. And if you wake up, uh, that's not good for me. Yeah, I've went over and told drivers, you know, there's people sleeping all around here at all times of the day or night. You don't need to do this. I was uh, a little more subtle about it. I walked over with a hammer and, and threatened to hit the guy over the head with it. Yeah, I know. I told him, I said, if you need the guy in front, walk up there and tell him. Don't honk your horn. Yeah, it's it's just so ridiculous to me. I don't understand it. You don't see that kind of behavior too often, but every no. once in a while you do. Um, here's what we're going to do. I, talked to, I haven't talked to Southpaw about this yet, but I'm sure he'll go for it. Eventually, somewhere down the line, if we can meet up, because we have different bids and we have different days off, I want to try to do a video chaining up, put it on YouTube. I don't know anybody that does it better than he does. And he does it fast I and do. he does it efficient. Who? Oh, Frank? Yeah. He's one taught me how to do it. Frank is probably, well, he, yeah, but Frank's so anal about it. You know, if I recorded it, he'd, do, he'd be terrible. So what we can do is we can videotape it and we can add the sound later. Because when you're throwing all that heavy chain, you're starting to breathe a little hard by the time you're done, especially if you're in the high elevations. But what we can do is, if we're at the terminal, they'll have a, a dolly there with some chains set up. We can take them off and throw them back on. It won't be entirely realistic because they won't be freezing and there's not a bunch of snow on the ground. But hopefully in the next six months, something like that will happen. Yeah, that's another thing. How many times have you had to chain up? It's wet, it's cold. And the, you put on the chains before you get into the heavy snow a lot of times. So it's half wet, half snow. So you're soaking wet, you're freezing, you know, your fingers are getting cold. It, you're trying it's to... It's got to be a time, too, you know, when it's dark. Oh, it's... Well, we'll do it in the day, but how many times have you chained up? You turn around, and there's like six people looking at you, watching you do it. Yeah. I'll bet about it. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? It's like, uh, you know, I'll help him out a little bit, but I can't do it for him. You know, I got to get down the road. Oh. So, you know, that's about it. Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and cut this off. We're at 35 minutes, and uh, that was uh, Southpaw. Uh, that was our talk with Southpaw, someone I highly respect. This is something new. New to broadcasting, new to publishing, new to podcasting. But I like it. It's fun. I'm an over-the-road driver. I got a lot of time to kill sometimes. So I'm going to work on the ums and the ahs and the throat swallowing. Apparently I, I hear myself clicking, but it's okay. I'll get better. So that's what I'm going to try to do. And I'll try to bring you more interesting content. And I'll try to keep it shorter than this. So anyway... I hope everybody drives safe. All right. And if you have any questions, there's the Facebook page and the phone number's on there. Just call and leave me a message. All right. I hope you guys have a beautiful day. And I'll see you out on the roads.